The Boilermakers welcome in the Buckeyes on Saturday, trying to rebound from a frustrating loss at Iowa. A look ahead at Ohio State with a look back at what went wrong in Iowa City on Golden Black Radio. I'm Kyle Charters, Tom Deanhart in a moment, but first this. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. Tom, the Boilermakers will move on to Ohio State this week back at home. Certainly the Buckeyes will be a challenge, and there'll be a challenge after what Purdue has to feel like was an opportunity lost at Iowa over the weekend. Uh, I mean, I think even as an outsider looking in, it's a frustrating game uh, to rehash. From the inside, I would imagine even more so, uh, Purdue has to be frustrated with uh, with the outcome. We'll see how now that manifests itself uh, headed into this week. It's one of those things where you know, you got to take that frustration, I think, turn it into positive. If you don't, then things can really start to get away from you. We'll see how Purdue reacts to that this week. Yeah, you're right. Just just kind of disappointing, I think. Um, uh, you don't typically go to Iowa expecting to win, but against that Iowa team, I think, you know, with the limitations they had on offense, um, I think a lot of fans thought Purdue had a really good shot to get out of Kinnick with a win. And Obviously, it didn't happen. You know, Iowa was Iowa, Kyle. We've seen this formula, seems like, a thousand times. Uh, defense, special teams, and they, they don't beat themselves. And they followed that script to a T, um, playing with a 260-pound quarterback who was headed to Fordham before Iowa snatched him away. And Deacon Hill, the now immortal Deacon, Deacon Hill, goes 6-21. of 21. And, and, and Purdue loses. So, yeah, disappointing in, in the opportunities to get to six wins for Purdue. Obviously, you're slipping away. And, again, that looked like one maybe Purdue could be able to steal and uh, sort of make up for one of those September home losses. So, yeah, disappointing. And now, Kyle, here comes the mighty Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, and uh, that one will be a challenge for sure. Purdue a near – what I, I think I saw 20 points near three touchdown uh, underdog to the Buckeyes. I thought it was a little bit more maybe than I even anticipated. We'll talk about that Ohio State game here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, you know, Tom, we'd like to bag on Brian Ferentz and Kirk to some extent, but you do have to give the Iowa staff some credit. I mean, they just do this. <laughs> and find a way and Purdue has to get to that point as well where it can find a way but you know whether it's uh you know just learning how to win games like this or or whatever um you know Purdue's got to get itself there too because uh you got to get yourself to a point where you don't play a hundred percent uh and maybe you don't have all your personnel out there but you find a way to get victories and Purdue hasn't been able to do that uh yet this year yeah, be resourceful, right? Uh, someone step up and, and, and make some plays. Um, and, yeah, you know, with Iowa, how you know the formula for beating the Hawkeyes. You know, everybody who's covered this Purdue team knows it. You know, Mike Carmen, Brian Newbert, throw the ball over the top, right? You, you, you're never going to win in the trenches against Iowa on either side of the ball. You can't Iowa – out Iowa, Iowa. 
when it comes to physicality. So, yeah, Jeff Brown, we saw him have success going over the top. Purdue took its shots. There were a couple of drop passes deep, you know, that, that really exasperated things for the Purdue offense. But they were unable to take the top off that Iowa defense. Hit some big plays downfield that have been so effective in Purdue upsets of that program in recent years. So, uh, again, if the listeners watch the game, uh, the struggle is for the receivers to get open. you got to give some credit to that Iowa secondary. It's, it's pretty good. Um, they struggled to get open. Hudson Carr probably held the ball too long at times. Took six sacks. Probably should have run a bit more. Had two intentional groundies. And he got beat up pretty bad too, Kyle. So, and then and on top of everything else, right, one of their best offensive linemen, Marcus Bowe, sustained looked like a pretty bad injury. It looked like to his ankle. We'll find out more about his status here soon. So again, just a cherry on top of a, a what was a pretty, uh, you know, I guess I guess depressing Saturday for for Boilermaker fans. Yeah, that was the biggest glaring issue for me was, you know, Hudson Card and the pressure that he was under and him continuing to get hit. And then, you know, the decision making that he's, uh, you know, his decision making, I think, during all that, too, was questionable. It's hard. It's hard for me to to lay too much blame on him because he was under duress a lot. So you mm-hmm. don't know exactly <laughs> exactly how you go about fixing that. But Purdue's got to do something to give him. Uh, more time. It just seems like he's constantly here in scramble mode. At least he was in the, that game. And when you're trying to play like that, it can lead you to some bad decisions. And that seemed to be the case uh, on Saturday. He's He's got to have an opportunity to sit there in the pocket and figure out what to do with the football and then also be able to make the decision to run with the football. And, and it just seemed like he was hesitant to do that. Uh, it seemed like he, as soon as he snapped the ball, was was a little bit frantic in the pocket, um, and then probably with good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Purdue just got to be better all around there because they, you, you just cannot be, you cannot try and run an offense with a quarterback who just constantly feels like he's under duress. Yeah, he's got to be a little gun shy, if you will, um, going through his head the moment he takes the snap, knowing, knowing he's got to get rid of the ball pretty quickly on most occasions, and. Kyle, my friend, it's not going to be much different this Saturday against that Buckeye defense. It's playing very well, um, just an elite defensive line. And like you said, they're probably going to come after him. Uh, I thought he should have tried to run the ball a little bit more. That, that was a game where if you had a quarterback that could really run it, and Hudson Carr could run it, could really help out your offense, right? Get, get some third and twos, third and threes, and make those in the first downs. And those defensive backs have their backs turned to you. Maybe you can have hit some big plays running it. Regardless, uh, here we are. And, and uh, like I said, I think, I think he's pretty beat up. Uh, I guess on a positive note from an offensive standpoint, Kyle, was, was to see Devin Mockaby sort of find his stride again. 20 carries, 89 yards, hit a touchdown. No fumbles, right? That was the big one. And Tyrone Tracy, Kyle, I believe he's hurt. Didn't play in the second half at all. Trying to find out more about his status. So, um, again, good to see Devin Lee sort of get back on the rails as far as his ball security issues go. He, man, he's, he's one of the few difference makers they've got out there now. Uh, Deion Burks only had four catches for 19 yards. They need to get him going again. And, you know, lastly, we talked offline a little bit about Hudson Card. And, you know, like you said, may, maybe roll the pocket out, get him on the move. Uh, uh, could be could be one way to buy him a little bit more time when, when he's trying to throw the ball. It does seem like he is comfortable with a rolling pocket at times where you maybe you're cutting the field down for him and, giving him a chance there in a, in a, in a run pass type option for himself. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that especially when you're just 
you know, when you feel the the pocket around you collapsing, and I think he is getting to a point, unfortunately, where he's anticipating that. And I, I, I I've never played the position, but I I think that's a stressful way to play the position, and maybe and maybe causes. You know, I think we both felt like there were opportunities to run there and he didn't take them. And I don't know yeah. why. Like, is that because you're just under so much stress in there that you're, you're, it just causes you to be hesitant uh, to do anything? I, I don't really know. But it seems like, you know, if you could get him rolling a little bit with the pocket and, you know, cut down the decisions a little, that perhaps Purdue could have some success uh, doing that going forward, especially like this weekend, you know, Ohio State. Mm-hmm has watched the tape here, <laughs> you know, they haven't already, they will. Uh, and, you know, it's going to bring pressure on that Purdue offense. There's just no doubt about it. Yeah, you're right. And um, like I said, look at the stats at defense. They, they didn't play that good in recent years, but Jim Knowles, they brought him in from Oklahoma State a couple of years ago, and he, he's got them playing at a very high level right now. Always elite defensive backs there, two great defensive ends. So, yeah, the other the challenge is Purdue well. And, and um, that Boilermaker defense to flip the flip the the scenarios, Kyle. Um, you know we all know those two Ohio State wide receivers, especially Marvin Harrison Jr. My gosh, and Purdue Purdue started a true freshman cornerback last week, Derek Rogers. Well, are you ready, son? Here comes Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. <laughs> so and Kyle McCord, I know, has been a little uneven uh, throwing the ball. Uh, the one issue Ohio State has had on offense is their line hasn't been that great. I know they're not happy with their offensive line. They may get their stud running back, Travion Henderson, back this week. Just something else for Purdue's defense to worry about. So, yeah, and again, the linebacker play has to step up as well. And, and they need more pressure, Kyle. They only had one sack last week. I know I know Iowa didn't pass a lot. Just one sack uh, on, on, on Deacon Hill. I thought maybe they'd bring more pressure. So, if you're Purdue, maybe they'll try to dial it up against Kyle McCord if that line is having issues. You got to do something. You can't sit back there and let him pick you apart with those receivers because Purdue's not going to be able to cover those receivers for very long because nobody can. We have mentioned some injuries. That will be a, a hot topic of this week. Some updates on those guys. Marcus Bow looks like probably is unfortunately <laughs> going to be a, a longer type of issue after he came out of the game. Man, you talk about a guy who seems to be well-liked by teammates. Everybody seemed a little bit crushed uh, mm-hmm. by that injury against Iowa. Uh, so, you know, Purdue will have to figure out what to do on its offensive line, especially at uh, at right tackle. But others, Tracy, uh, we'll see if you can get a word on, on what's up with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Marquise Wilson also did not play. He was out uh, on, on Saturday. Um, and maybe that wasn't a huge deal on Saturday considering, uh, the Hawkeyes offense, but, you know, could be of course this weekend and going forward. Uh, what do you know about some of the injuries for the Boilermakers? Yeah. Marquise Wilson, he, um, he hurt his, his wrist in the previous game against Illinois play with the cast in the second half. Well, he, if, if he comes back this year, Kyle, if he comes back, it's going to be very late in the season. So almost the season ending injury, it sounds like for, for the Penn State transfer, uh, you know, Max Clare is the same situation. The tight end who had sort of broken out this year. If he comes back, it's a big if. That'll be very late in the year. Yeah, we'll find out more about Tracy and Bo, like you said, hopefully today. Brian Walters has his presser at 1.30. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, um, you know, like I said, every, everybody's got a sad story to tell you about their injuries. Uh, you always have to find a way to, to deal with them. And, 
Purdue certainly has had its share so far. It hasn't, hasn't been catastrophic. You know, ben Freehill's been out. He may be back this week. Their kicker. Maybe we'll finally see Salim Turner Muhammad, the Stanford transfer cornerback. Maybe certainly his presence would certainly help this secondary that's without Marquise Wilson. So, you know, always a lot of injuries to sort of monitor at this time of year, especially. What will Purdue do on the offensive line without Bo? Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, we saw Ben Farrell come in, number 64. He finished the game Saturday. He's a transfer from Indiana Wesleyan. Could be him at right tackle. Daniel Johnson, you know, he was listed on the availability report Saturday as being questionable. That's, that's, that's an upgrade for him. So he may be ready to go. He's not played all year. You know, he hurt his knee last year at Maryland, a big kid who transferred from Kent State. So maybe Daniel Johnson can slip into that right tackle spot. So either Farrell or Johnson, I think, should probably get that starting role opposite Musa at the two tackle spots. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll uh, talk a little bit more about the Buckeyes, Purdue's opponent this weekend back in ross State Stadium. We'll do that coming up next on Gold and Black Radio. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, industrial and classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. Tom, maybe the one positive of uh, this upcoming week is that Purdue has had success against Ohio State uh, at home. Um, you know, not only the Tyler Trent game, but but others as well. Uh, for whatever reason, it, it, it appears to be a good matchup when Purdue is in West Lafayette in particular. Uh, now, these are two very different teams uh, than than what we've seen in the past. But, um, you know, you would anticipate that Purdue will come out there and uh, put something together for Ohio State. But it's a Buckeye team as well that has a lot to play for. Yeah, you're right. They always have national championship aspirations, not just Big Ten title aspirations. One thing maybe, Kyle, this is maybe wishful thinking if you're a Purdue fan, <laughs> maybe they're looking past Purdue because next week, Penn State visits the horseshoe. Yeah. So again, maybe that I, I don't know if that'd be a distraction. I doubt if it will. Maybe if they were home, it would be a little bit more. But anyway, so there's that. And yeah, the history's been really weird, isn't it? For, for as much struggle Purdue's had beating teams like Michigan and Wisconsin, they've had a little whammy on, on Ohio State, the best program in the Big Ten for the last 20 or so years. 
just peculiar and odd. I think they beat them five times this century, you know, 2000, I think 2004, 2009, 11, and 18. I think they're four and four and six in the last 10 meetings with Ohio State. So just weird. Remember the Ryan Kerrigan game? That was crazy. You were at the Seth Morales game. Of course, the Tyler Trent game, 49-20 over the number two Buckeyes. So I'm sure, <laughs> not that history matters, but it's fun to talk about. I'm sure Buckeye fans are well aware of that, the curse. I do want to call it a curse in Ross 8. So maybe that'll have more in a little bit uh, when, when kickoff approaches. Yeah, you know, they've been big victories over the years when when you can just name them things, right? Seth Morales, Brian <laughs> Kerrigan, uh, Tyler Trent, uh, uh, all of that. Uh, you know yeah. exactly where you were, what year they were, and and all of that. I mean, uh, they've been they've been huge victories. And I think Kyle, I, I think that one, I think that one Purdue team was one and five that beat that beat Ohio State. The Kerrigan game. Yeah, you're one and yeah. five. I think that year they beat Michigan and Ohio State. And didn't go to a bowl. That was 2009, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. That so there you go. We could we told. could go down this road, but that 2019 <laughs> was a seven or eight win team that only won five games or four games or whatever. Yeah, the talent on that team on that defensive line was, you know, two or two or three NFL players on that defensive line alone. Yeah, and, and so a, you know, pretty good. I guess, the point, I, guess, I, I guess the point is, you never know. Yeah. Yeah, you don't. I mean, Ohio State clearly will come in as as a heavy favorite, but uh, but we shall see if Purdue is able uh, to put up a fight against the Buckeyes uh, on Saturday noon kickoff for that one in Ross-Aid Stadium. All right, thank you, Tom. Take care, buddy. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. Uh, thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show for Tom Deanhart. I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.